0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Whatever time you find yourself listening to the Convo with the Servant podcast, I'm your host, Servant, here, Uh, and once again, man, I just want to welcome you, and I want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to the Convo with the Servant podcast. Man, we really appreciate you listening. Today, man, we got a special guest. We got my boy, Keith, all the way from New Orleans, man. Keith, say what's up to the people. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing, man? Hey, good, 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 man. So tell the people, uh, you know, like, who are you? Like, where are you from? What are you doing right now? Yeah, man. My name Keith, last
1: name James, man. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. Born and raised in New Orleans. Uh, just graduated like a year ago uh, from Tulane University. So now, um, pursuing my master's in counseling at Midwestern Seminary up here in Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri. So, that's me, man.
0: Okay, okay, that's awesome, man. So, so you're in seminary. Uh, wh- what seminary do you go to? I'm at Midwestern. Midwestern, Midwestern, yeah. man. That's awesome, man. That's good stuff. So, how, how when are you when will you be finished up at at, at Midwestern? Okay.
1: So got, got about 2 more years.
0: Okay. Okay. What's your plan? What's your plan or what do you plan to do after you finish up at seminary? Hopefully go get go get another degree something like that, man. Okay, okay. I'm trying to stack it up, man. You know how it goes. Okay, okay. So you're looking to go PhD on them? You know that. Okay, okay, man, that's awesome, man. There's a black, there's a lack. Uh, from what I hear, is the lack of uh, uh, black theological professors, man. So anybody who's pursuing that goal, man, I applaud them and I wish them all the uh, the best. Uh, as I'm pursuing that goal myself, man. Uh, so uh, to to be brief, let me. I met Keith uh, uh, last last year, or uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Now at the H.B. Charles Cutting It Straight Conference, uh, I forget. I was talking to somebody about Acts 29. He came up to me and he wanted to know. Uh, You know about acts 29 or whatever or what brought me down here We just end up talking man and vibing and you know, and we were probably the youngest two people at the conference and you know so uh, We just end up vibing man and talking about you know the struggles of the same thing that he was going through I I was going through probably like a year prior that I was young the in the hood and wanting to serve God And I wanted to be a preacher. I knew I had the gift and the calling on my life, but I didn't have uh, you know, mentors or people to show me how to get there. Uh, you know, so, uh, I had just gotten there, had just started my residency Probably like three or four months in my pastoral residency, when I when I was met Keith at the conference, and uh, yeah, man, we've just been cool ever since, man. He's a good young dude, and he has a heart for the Lord. And uh, I'm just I'm thankful that he's a guest on this podcast. I'm thankful to call him a brother in Christ and my friend. And I'm thankful that he took the time to come on here and, and to share a little bit about his story. And man, I hope it's helpful to those out there who maybe who maybe experience the same uh, things in, in their life that that maybe Keith has. Uh, so, so Keith, let, let's get right into it, man. Tell us about your walk with Christ. You know, from the beginning. When were you first saved? And you know, and, and, and would if you if you are saved or if you call your well, clearly you're a Christian. You're a seminary. So you know, um, yeah. Tell us about your walk, man. How has it been? Like, what what is your when were you first saved? And, and give us your, your story with Christ up until now.
1: Yeah, man. So back in New Orleans, um, probably about senior year in high school, like the couple of semesters, right? A couple of months, right before I graduated.
0: Um, and I was playing football, man. Took my ACL on my bed. Oh, and well, that's the just Boobie Miles treatment.
1: Yeah, man. Beat myself up, man. Just beat myself up real mad at the
0: Lord, man. You know how that goes. Just yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I thought that was my thing. Because like, I thought football,
1: sports, just in general, I thought that was going to be my exit out of New Orleans. Like, I always wanted to get you know, get out of New Orleans, not, not just to run from it, but just to experience more of the world, Yeah. And told my ACL, man, ended, ended everything, I was running track, I was doing baseball, I was doing everything, man, baseball, everything, but, and I had, I had some people looking at me, some scouts looking at me, told my ACL, man, so now I'm angry, I'm like, damn, man, I'm stuck in New Orleans, I ain't got no plan, I ain't got nothing to do, so, uh, my uncle called me one day, man, he just gave me, he gave me right, he like, yeah man what's up he from he from arkansas so he country so he like hey man he said what's up i said man i'm telling. he like yeah man um telling him about how i was feeling like how i was down like i was just just going through it man for real he was just hitting me with something real cam he was just like look he said what did you ask the lord to do i said to play football he was like yeah man he said you didn't ask the lord to go to go to college you didn't ask the lord to go to the nfl You said he wanted to play football. He like didn't the Lord give you that? I'm like you're right. He did, and I didn't. Man, so we got off the phone. Man, I just the Lord just humbled me at that at that moment. I'm like I'm mad at the Lord for not giving me something I ain't even asked for. It's kind of like I have not because I asked not. So I'm like I'm tripping. So the Lord showed me that man opened up my heart. Man, at that moment I was just like the Lord, my Savior, I always knew him as as Lord, you know, I always knew Christ as the God of the world, but in that moment, he became my Savior, Mm. and I just repented, man, I just cried, man, repented, I'm like, I gotta get my mind right, so, still young, still black in New Orleans, man, it's so easy to get distracted on on a wide road, so, about two years in, I'm just playing, you know, I'm doing a lot of reading up on, like, theologians and all that kind of stuff, get to college probably like a year and a half in college i just see the need like the lord again just pressed the need just to take my walk seriously so he gave me more grace you know he put me back on a narrow path and i've been trying to walk that narrow path ever since
0: wow man that, that that's that's encouraging right there i think to any young brothers who just just trying to to you know figure out if you can serve God, just the number one here that it is possible, uh, coming from the places that we come from, I think uh, is is awesome, um, and then also to to young athletes who maybe you know uh, maybe have suffered some traumatic injury to 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 understand that there is. Hope in the Lord is what I, is what I'm gathering from you. You saying you were hurt and you know you were down after this and yeah. you know you, you didn't know where where it was going. You thought you thought this was your only ticket out and then and then God you know said no, there is another way. uh You know and uh, and, and and if I'm not mistaken, you got up out of New Orleans, right? Got up out. I got my degree though. The Lord opened up an opportunity at Tulane. Went to Tulane,
1: uh, full scholar. man. And then after them four years, man, then I got out of New Orleans. Uh, double whammy, bro.
0: You know how that go. Yeah, man. So you were looking... So h- hold on. If I'm correct, let me get this right. So you were looking to get up out of New Orleans and go to college for free from football. Right.
1: a track. One of
0: them. Or track. But you still went to college for free, just not your way, God's way. Facts. Man. Look, Facts. look at that, man. Look at that. Look how... That's awesome, man. It's so encouraging to know that, like, man, we think... They're like, man, like, oh, my plan for my life is messed up. Like, I'm never leaving here. And then God say, but this wasn't, this wasn't my plan for you.
1: That's how it be, bro. And it's, like, <laughs> and it's like, we don't really get the seat. We don't really get the seat and really appreciate God's hand in life until we, like, so many years down the line. And then we could look back and we can say, dang, the Lord was really good to me. He really kept me from this. So he, you know, he gave me this and I didn't even deserve that. But it's like in that moment you can't appreciate
0: it because you don't really understand the whole picture. So. Yeah, 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 man, and it's like I agree, man. I, I've had similar experiences where it's like, man, why did I have to go through that? And then I look back, and I was actually just reminded of this as I was listening to a uh, Yolanda Adams songs. He was been there with me in the midst of it all. Like, man, even when I was doing all these destructive things, selling drugs, like God was with me and protected me in the midst of those things. Like, there's no reason why those things, some of the things that I did coming from where I'm from that I'm not dead or in jail, except for the fact that he was with me in the midst of it. And then when I got through it, I was able to look back and see, oh, man, like, that wasn't just, you know, my mom that called me when I didn't go with them when they did that, that thing that landed them in jail or that landed somebody shot. That was God. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't just. You know, this feeling that I got that told me to go home or, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't go with y'all on this ride. Man, that was the Holy Spirit keeping me safe because God had a different plan for me. Right. You know, so I, I've definitely had uh, similar experiences to that. So I, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say you had those experiences. But I said, but I noticed uh, earlier you said there was something uh, that you, you felt that calling, Uh, to to go deeper in your walk, in your faith with the Lord. Talk about that calling a bit. What what did that feel like for those who may not, who may kind of be having the same type of calling? What exactly does it feel like for you to feel like the Lord wants you to go deeper with him? What does that look like and feel like to to someone?
1: Well, it may be, it may be, I know for a fact it's going to be different for everybody, but I know specifically for me, like I'm always, I have always been an inquisitive person. Like I always I'm always trying to Scratch my curiosity You know what I mean So Uh When it came to the Lord Which just like Alright man This is God You know what I mean And at that point I didn't really understand this But now I knew that You know I was like Man God is infinite So I was just like There's so much That we can learn about him And there's so much That I can learn about him Every day And it's just man The Lord just placed That hunger within my heart Man just to want to learn About him To learn how he think You know To learn why he do The things that he do Um and so that was that burning desire. I'm just like, you know, I took that, I took that inquisitive nature that I had for the world, trying to learn and master everything within the world, and I just applied that to the Lord. And I say, man, it's only His spirit, you know, that give me that. Like how you were saying, man, only His spirit put those good desires within our heart, like that, man, and keep us from
0: harm and stuff like that. Only, only God do that. So I well, think
1: that's, that's what makes that's what makes my my little story unique.
0: Yeah, man. From what I'm hearing, it sounds like. God had gifted you with this uh, this skill set already uh, to be inquisitive and to seek knowledge after things but you know you were using it not for his purposes at first you were using it for yourself and 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 then god said you know hey i gave you this really excellent tool set but i gave it to you for my purposes and that's and, and it was like a, a desire that you couldn't control you didn't know why you were seeking knowledge for god but but you ended up doing it because that it just it was a, a a fire in you almost that you couldn't quench and the only way to even try to get to quench it was to go to his word and to meet him in prayer All the way all yeah. the way bro yeah, 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 man. That's good, good stuff, man. So, so, Keith, if, if let's say there's a young brother from New Orleans, uh, you know, who who is 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 thinking about serving Christ and, and and is struggling with with certain things, like is not knowing if this is really for him or or what kind of things from New Orleans specifically can you speak to that that. That, that from, from understanding that young brother, like, hey, man, like, coming from where we come from, like, we're taught this, and this is contrary to what the Lord thinks. So it can confuse you sometimes to let that go. Like, what what things can you speak to? Like, what were your struggles early in your faith coming from where you were from, I guess, to sum it up, actually? That's a great question, bro.
1: That's a deep question,
0: too, man.
1: Uh-oh. You didn't tell me all this before. But, um, <laughs> let me see. Let me see. I would say the main. I would say one of the main things, and the most important thing that helped me is just understanding how the world wants me to conform, so that I cannot conform to it. Because in New Orleans, man, everything is trying to grab your attention. You know what I mean? Every step that you take is going to lead you to the broad. It's going to lead you on a broad road, and you're going to walk so much further from the narrow path on that road. And it's just like things are just so enticing. But I say one way. To
0: get out of my and, I, and I and I don't mean to cut you off, Keith, but uh, right. I I just want to be uh, to those who don't know what the narrow and broad path is. What, what exactly do you mean when you say that? Oh, The narrow broad path that's Matthew seven. Jesus was talking about that there is
1: there's two roads, only two roads in his life, and everybody's all is is going to always be on one of these two roads at some point in their life, and that's that's the narrow path. That's in that path is a path that's the only path that leads to heaven, you know, that leads directly to God's house. Mm-hmm. You got to walk on that path in fear and trembling. And then the broad road is that road, which is wide, way wider than the Bible describes that road as the road that most people go on. And it describes a narrow path that's only a few finding it. And so in a wide road, you know, if it don't lead to God, though, it leads to somewhere else. And, you know, I think your are smart enough to know what that, what that road leads to
0: yeah 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 so what what exactly and, and I just because you talk about the broader path and the narrow path what I- exactly is the the broader path as far as like tangible um, um, real world examples like what would you say the walking what's walking the broad path in New Orleans look like? Walking a broad
1: path I would say definitely fornication um definitely disrespect towards our parents you know not listening to want and rebel. Um. What else? There's so much stuff. The drugs, of course. The voodoo, of course. So much voodoo out there in New Orleans, man. You'd be surprised. And that spiritual warfare, real out there, mm. man. Just, just the lawlessness, man. Just wanting to do whatever you want, wanting to do. Like people just being their own gods, living their own lives, man, and not living in respect for no,
0: for no human. Mm. I would say that's the. I would say that's the broad path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, specifically. Wow. Um and, and growing up in that and learning from that and and, and the narrow path uh, from what I hear what you're saying And I just and um, and it's not that I don't know But I just want our listeners to know who may be new totally new in faith who may be listening and, and don't understand anything that we're saying Uh, you know when it comes to broad paths have never maybe even picked up a bible I just want to you know, what I'm saying that's why I'm asking you yeah, to, yeah. to 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 uh, you know go a little deeper with these examples um, but the narrow path, is from what I hear, what you're saying, is is totally contradictory to what you were, you know, taught in New Orleans.
1: Totally, man. Totally. But you know, growing up in New Orleans, man, like the the broad path is what people teach you. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes even even parents do it subconsciously. They they not they not trying to show you that way. You know what I mean? They like, look, somebody points you, fight them back. You know what I mean? Don't ask no questions. You know what I mean? If you gotta fight somebody. Better win too, you know. It's like in a narrow path, there's this path of peace, mm. but the but the but the broad path, is this path of man, uh, like what that's called, like, I didn't slip my mind, man. The narrow path, now the broad path is this path of like somebody get me, I gotta get them back,
0: period. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, and and I, and I feel the same thing. About, um, also, my mother had that rule too. If uh, if we were going to fight, we had better win because if I lost, I was getting a whooping when I got in the house. Um, hey, no black mama's <laughs> Um. <laughs> and, and that's not I don't think what Keith is saying is to those out there listening to not defend yourself if someone is, is trying to do physical harm to you you have every right uh, to defend yourself but but the uh, but the when it is not caused to physical harm I think sometimes in our neighborhoods we have a tendency to escalate situations instead of de-escalating situations right. it's the, it's
1: the gay. Situation. Yeah,
0: yeah, and in, and in fact, we're taught to escalate situations instead of probably de-escalating it. You know, we let pride get in the way. And I, I've heard, uh, it was funny, I was watching Yola, uh, Fix My Life, Al- Yolanda, Yolanda, I don't want to... Ayana, y- I know about. Yeah, 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 and there were these brothers who had just got out uh, who, were, who committed murders when they were like 12 and 13 years old, and they did like 50 years, and they were gotten out, and they were trying to fix their lives, and they were talking about... Man, 10 seconds of rage, man, like, cost me my whole life. And I think back to how many times I was 10, like, I was so angry because somebody did something to me, or, you know, where I come from, man, somebody stepped on my sneakers, it was a problem. And 10 seconds of me being angry and responding, maybe possibly with a gun or with my fist, could, could end up costing me my life. Uh, and, and you know in, in terms of being in a prison cell or different things like that man and and, and I think that's what you're talking about is like when you say that we, you know growing up in our neighborhood sometimes in African-american uh, poverty contexts whether it's New Orleans Flint uh, you know LA or Chester Pennsylvania or Baltimore or parts of New York is that you know, we have these, these situations where, you know, because, our you know, our neighborhoods are, are, are in poverty, you know, what does poverty lead to violence and, you know, doing these different things? We grow up and and saturated with all of this, you know, poverty, drugs, guns, and violence, and that's what we learn, and that's what we take in more than we take in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the understanding uh, you know that hey his way is contrary to this world's ways. It is from what I hear what you're saying so where you were taught to possibly escalate situations and not back down from someone where Christ says you know hey you know it's okay to back down and be loving because he's a brother and just like you're messed up he's messed up and he has some stuff going inside on him and if you guys loved each other or you loved on him in that situation imagine how much better that situation could be. Right. Man, and and, and that's I think also like and, and if you could speak to that a little bit like how in our neighborhoods we're not taught to love each other and then Jesus says like love each other unconditionally. Where you know what I'm saying? Like I almost feel like in our neighborhoods we're taught to like not love each other. You know what I'm saying? So when yeah, I I, can, yeah, I think
1: it's because, you know, growing up in our neighborhoods like you said, you know, most people most black people in America experience poverty. You know what I mean? So it's not like we get to grow up and we get to live these these lives that we see on TV. It's like, man, we growing up and we trying to survive. You know what I mean? And you know how it goes when survival, survival don't have no rules to it. You just gotta survive, do whatever you gotta do to survive. You gotta do whatever you gotta do to eat. You gotta do whatever you gotta do to bring some, some money home, help your mama pay the bills. And so, unfortunately, like, this is majority of the black, black, black context in America, man, and this is the life in which we grew up, this is the life in which we grew up in, man, like, black children in America don't get to be children, bro, mm. it's just like, they gotta grow up, and they gotta mature way faster, way faster than the Jewish kids becoming 12 at I men, when they be, becoming men at when they're 12 years old, man, it's like, the black kids, they gotta become men at 7, they gotta watch their brother and their sister, they gotta learn how to cook, you know what I mean, while a 7-year-old trying to learn how to cook, he should be he should be trying to learn how to play with
0: his dolls, you know what I mean? Play with his action figures or reading books, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess one, you know, if you are a listener out here and, and you know, automatically what comes to my mind, and and it's, I just want to speak to this a little bit because there may be uh somebody's thinking it. to this mind, were there not, and, and, and it's the same thing, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this because I, I would say, uh, are were there no, like, churches in your neighborhood that were like, Helping to, to, to foster a better community? Not at all, bro. Wow. Not at all. Wow. And and I bet there are a bunch of churches in New Orleans. A million, you got a million churches,
1: man. And Everywhere
0: you go, you're going to see a church. You're going to blank, you're going to see about three churches. <laughs> and, and I think that's also the problem, I I, I think, also with, with why young black millennials may be leaving the churches. like, you know, hey, they look around and it's like, Man, we're in these really messed up neighborhoods. And I know for my neighborhood, it's only 4.2 square miles my city. And there's 200 churches. And we're number one in poverty in the state, number one in crime in the state. And per capita, we're actually the murder capital of the nation. It's just that we're only 4.2 square miles. So we usually don't make the list of, uh, of big cities. Um, but per capita, we're the murder capital of the nation, number one in poverty. Our school system is the worst in the state of Pennsylvania. And we have 200 churches in my city and it's like how how is this pop like when I first entered seminary my first week I was like after like the first week of retaining the information I was retaining and understanding why church functions the way it's supposed to and what a man of God looks like it's like how do we have 200 men of God in our in this city and our city is like this like I I just I couldn't under I couldn't wrap my head around it And uh, and I think maybe is is that is that what you're saying? You, you saw as well some of your frustrations were as well. I would say my frustrations was a little bit differently mm-hmm. just because
1: um I got, you know when you when you you in that kind of environment you see the need but it's just like they got all these people living outside who you know who within the church and they outside they got a thing, you know like like Lazarus and the rich man man and they drive past us every day. And they see us, you know. They seeing us playing basketball with a basket. You know, what I mean? you don't think that the thought ever will come into their head, like, "Oh man, you know, these are the kids playing with basketball with a basket." Let me go buy them. A, let me go buy them a basketball goal yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? Just like most churches, I would say, even today, man, even today with all this expository preaching, man, most churches are gonna teach people how to get to heaven, right? They gonna give you the perfect. They gonna give you the perfect, the perfect way to the easiest way to get to heaven. Explain it like a, explain it like milk, as Paul would say. But they 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 forget to teach everybody how to love each other as as, as brothers and as sisters, man.
0: Mm, yeah, that's 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 good. That's good. And 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 it's it, it can be disheartening what you're saying because the church is and we, we covered this in uh with, with uh, Brian's episode and his frustrations with the church is that the church is part is called to serve the community. Uh, you know, it's not Good enough as a church to just sit in there and preach the gospel, you as a church, you're supposed to serve the community. Jesus, you know, talks about you know serving the widows, taking care of the poor. And unfortunately, in our na- if you're going to be a church in an African American poverty context neighborhood. You need to serve the community as well. And our communities need, you know, we have bad schools, so we need tutoring services. We need, hey, there are people sometimes without food. We need food kitchens. Hey, man, people may not even come into church. You may have to do outside evangelism because most of the people are on the corners, you know, living an alternative lifestyle or a different lifestyle contrary to, to the one Christ has called us to live in. And truthfully, some of the people in the church are, are living that life, but it's, it's a how we commune together and edify each other and disciple each other and, and and that can't happen if number one all the people are outside and we're not going out there and meeting them where they're at to bring them in and that also uh part of that that, that discipleship and, and and part of what the church is, to, is, is supposed to do is to serve our communities, and and not saying that all Black churches or or churches in general, Black or white, are not serving poverty context communities. But I think it's cr- I think you know anybody who looks in those neighborhoods or, or from where we're from can clearly say that that the institution of the church in those specific neighborhoods are not doing enough. Facts,
1: man, that man, is the perspective, bro. And and but what would you say? that the churches in black communities should be doing specifically because we see, I mean, I'm out here in Missouri, man. I see a lot of, uh, predominantly Caucasian churches in within a black community. And I'm like, you know, what are y'all doing for the community?
0: man it, it's a lot like i said i think you, number one when, when any church or if you're a church planner if you're in a community the first thing to you have to be do is uh is number one preach the gospel and preach it you know biblically and truthfully and and expositionally and doctrinally but also uh, you know outside of preaching you have to be present in the community and to be present into community means to know you know I'm so present in the community that I know what the community needs like I think before you go in and jump and start doing stuff go to the people and ask them what to the, what do they need take around and look at the needs of the people you know like yes the people need the gospel they need to know about the heart condition but like I like I just said uh, w- w- in Brian's podcast Christ came so we could live abundant abundant life and yes that is the life to come but also that is the life here and he cares he cares very much about our right now and 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 we are as the church we got to do worry about our peoples right now if you are in a community where there's you know high poverty rate uh, there's a bunch of things that you're going to need it's not just about preaching the gospel you have to number one probably get out there and do evangelism in the streets you know at, at probably times where people are on the corners probably you know that you may have to do some evangelism at night at the wee hours because that's the people that you're trying to get to that's when they're out there you meet them where they're that has always been my thing. Like, meet the people where they're at. If, if Jesus met the people where they're at, he went out on the corners and got the prostitutes and the tax collectors. And we're supposed to go out on the corner and get the young brothers out there who are messed up because they're selling drugs and the young women who are selling their bodies and br- give them the gospel and bring them in the church. And not only do that, but, hey, man, our people in poverty also – don't know how to handle finances so maybe we need to get some young brothers who are uh, accountants and give them financial literacy training maybe we need to 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 be able to, to and, and some people say this isn't the church's uh you know job but i beg to differ we are called to serve our community hey man if people can't eat once a week or a couple times a week we have soup kitchens we give away food hey man we should be if there's people homelessness man, hey man maybe we should open up the church and give people some place to sleep. I mean, we it, it, I'm talking about fully serving the community and being present in the communities that we are in is what we're called to do. And whatever that community needs that uh, uh is what we is what we should be doing. Uh if it's whatever's in our power to do. Now, you know, politically we, we we can't, you know, we you know, uh do do certain things politically or whatever, but whatever we can do that is in our power to do that the community needs, we should be doing. And, and like i said that list includes financial literacy that list includes giving people uh you know a food that list includes shelter that list includes uh you know all encompassing of whatever the community needs uh you know uh yeah man tutoring etc man like the list goes on whatever the community needs get out in the community ask the people what they need take a temperature and look around and see what the people need I, i don't think it's a hard thing to do i think Um, sometimes, uh, you know, we're we're making church so much harder than it has to be right now. And I think it it doesn't have to be quite that hard, man. Like the, it's easy to see what the people need. God has called us to do it. So let's do it.
1: Definitely, man. And our lights not supposed to just shine in our church, man. Yeah. Our lights supposed to flood out into the streets, flood out as far as they can until they reach in this church. So.
0: Yeah yeah man everything you're saying man yes and amen man that is that that is that is what it's supposed to be man and that's why you know like we we need young brothers like you to to continue you know doing what you're doing going to seminary man and when you're done man getting out there and getting the, and while you're also in school getting out there and getting and getting uh, that message uh to the people uh, also really quickly because of we have we're in a unique time in our country right now how, talk specifically how it is to be number one a black man in this country at the time, when all this you know, uh, 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 um, you know, social justice uh, reforms and changes happening, and also to be a black christian who is angrily angry angry rightfully so about what's going on but also looking at things through like a grace and mercy scope that same grace and mercy that christ gives us we're supposed to have you know for our, our counterparts but also rightfully having the frustration of an oppressed person and, and, and people as you as you are uh so talk about that a, a little bit really quickly if you can what's the question uh specifically so to speak Tell me exactly what you're experiencing uh, as a young black Christian man right now uh, going through uh, with all this, you know, racial and social justice reform happening and to, to see, you know, the things happening, you know, to. To, to our brother, George Floyd, and to our sister, Breonna Taylor, and to others, uh, you know, to, to hear about constantly, I just, uh, a young brother who's, who's in, who was hung, who they found hanging from a tree in Manhattan, who they're ruling a suicide, and another young lady in Texas found hanging from a tree, and another in a park, and another, like to hear about these things daily, and, and to have this this righteous anger against the the, you know, the oppression that you're facing daily, but also, you know, understanding what, like you spoke to earlier, knowing that Christ has called us to grace and mercy and unconditional love of, of, our, of our oppressor.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I would say, first of all, man, that this is not new. For me, at least, I'm from the South. I'm from the deep South, dirty South, the Rappers, would say. But, so this is something that has always been going on, man. And it's something that has, is, is a part of my life. You know what I mean. So it's not like to the world, I guess. I I want to I want to hope and believe that it's new to them, and they finally they finally see that our reality. You know our plight. Um. So I'm happy that the world is seeing this. And, You know, and I was just thinking about this the other day, man, about God's sovereignty, bro. I'm just like, man, people just had. People listen to Martin Luther King give a speech. You know, people watch. Michael Mex give his, his speeches, I would say, after he left the nation, you know, when he was way more on the uh, unity side. Um, listen, Listening to Ida B. Wells talk, W.B. Du Bois, man. Listening to all these people talk, man, right? You hear all these speeches, all this urging for unity and for love. And after all of that, after all, for almost years of just daily protests, daily speeches, you know, the world still stayed in that stagnant state, and that's just funny, man, it just shows, like, God's sovereignty, how, today, like, we don't have, we don't have any black, black leaders, not trying to compare, or say that they better or less, but we don't have any black leaders like Malcolm X or Martin Luther King who come in and they urging the world for love, urging the world for unity, urging the world for economic, uh, equity. You know, no, nothing like that. It's just, like, the death of George Floyd sparked all of this. And so it's kind of like, hmm, you know, only God, it's, it's one, for the Christian, I would say, it only proves that God's sovereignty is at work. Hmm. You know, only God's sovereignty changes people's hearts. No matter who's speaking, no matter who writing books, none of that kind of stuff happening. And so I'm just praying, man, that hopefully that what's going on right now could be the start of a, a movement, uh, uh, this we like we can use this moment in history to start a movement in history, and hopefully the Lord raise up some leaders, man, just some people who we can who 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 louse up our approach, who we can follow to take it to the next steps, man, because the time is now, man. I would say, but on the other end of it, you asked about like how we would deal with our oppressors, oppressors. Now I'm still I'm still trying to debate about that, man. I'm still I'm still praying, like Lord, give me grace, cause. That righteous nation got I me. Mean, I'm gonna go in like Jesus, and turn over all the tables, you know. Knock mm-hmm. I mean? get, get everybody' phones off the hand, man. Get off Facebook, get off Twitter, man, and let's go and let's go do some work. And so I'm just really just praying for wisdom, because the Lord did tell us, man, be wise as the serpent, but be as gentle as the dove. So, you know, I got some things that I'm planning myself. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be wise with and how I implement those things, and also not offend anybody too. But at the end of the day, man, I gotta keep it real got to keep it real, remind people, like, man, this is my reality, you know, Mm. this is my fear, you know, Brian Mm. Larissa said, man, he don't even wear a hoodie, just because of the possibility of somebody pulling him over, taking him as a threat, you know what I mean, so, we got, man, we got a lot of work to do, and Jesus said that with God, everything is possible, Mm. not some things, not just, not just great things, he said, everything is possible, and so, man, I got God on my side. I'm working alone, the God of the universe. So hopefully before he called me home, man, I could I could I could leave my stamp. You know, I could plant my two feet wherever I'm at on the earth, whether I'm in Missouri or New Orleans, man, and shake the world, bro.
0: Yeah, man, I definitely don't think that he put that fire in you that you're expressing uh for no reason. Uh, Denzel Washington says something that I uh, really find profound, and I I, I speak on this quote a long time. I saw him say it to a young uh, theater class. There weren't many people in there. and Somebody just happened to videotape it. He says, like, that thing, that fire that you feel, that desire of what you're supposed to be in life or what you want to be in life, that's literally God calling you to that and telling you that's what I called you to be. And the only two things you need to get there is discipline and consistency. Uh, and uh, that, man, that stayed with me, Uh, man, and and I wish, man, and and I I pray, uh, man, that you have that discipline and consistency as you're in school, man, and, and you're getting your training, man, and I know that the Lord is equipping you for something great, man, and I pray that Whatever he has for you, man, that you receive it, man, and that he give it to you tenfold more, you know, uh, you know, abundantly than you could ever imagine. I, I pray that he blesses you in that way, man, and that you bless others in the same way, man. Keith and, uh thank you so much, man, for coming on today, man. A- a- and man, I thank you once again, man. I love you, man. I appreciate you for coming on, man. And uh thank you and I pray also, man, that those out there were listening, hopefully, you know, you were affected by this and and, and, and you you know, uh, touched by Keith's story, and maybe it's helpful to you and if you're going through the same things, and, uh, you know, once again, man, it's not hard to be a, a Christian, it's not hard, you know, it's not nothing crazy all oh, Christ Christ Jesus loves you fundamentally there's one thing Jesus loves you and he came that you could have life and have it abundantly but there is sin in the world and we sin we are so messed up and that sin separates us from the love of God but God loves us so much so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for our sins Jesus died and he paid for all those sins that we commit every day even the future ones all of them there's no hierarchy of sin there isn't lying homosexual they're all the same Jesus sees all those sins as the same there is no little sin and big sin he died for them all and we all have that free and we all have the opportunity for that freedom and that grace and all you have to do is repent and say Jesus forgive me I have sinned And take him as your Lord and Savior. And then believe it. Believe that you are free and you have that grace and your sin is forgiven and it is yours. Because once again, man, Jesus didn't just die, but he got up on that third day morning with all power in his hand. And now he sits on the right hand of the father making intercession for you and for you and for me today. And I want you all to know what that freedom and that grace and that love feels like. And I pray that that maybe through this podcast and maybe through Keith's story that you're able to find it and it helps you uh, grow in, in your walk and, and growing closer to the Lord, man. Thank you all for listening today, man. I love you. Uh, Peace to you all. God bless you all. And also subscribe. Also, I almost forgot. (laughs) Subscribe. If you like the podcast and it's good and you liked it, subscribe. Um, you know, like it and, and, and tell people about it, uh, you know, if you find it helpful, let everybody know, man. And also, if you want to contact me or you want to be a guest on the podcast or you have any questions, comments or concerns or any way I can help you, reach out to us at CWASpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, at C, the letter C, the letter W, the letter A, the letter S podcast at gmail.com convo with the servant the let those letters that uh the first initials of those letters or however you say it podcast at gmail.com man email me uh let me know your thoughts opinions and questions man and we love you all and uh uh you know i pray that you guys keep listening and uh yeah man i hope to hope to uh hear from you guys yeah god bless you